0: Hi everyone, hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a review and share it with your friends so they can listen too. Hi, good evening and welcome to episode two of the Paisley Barbell podcast. Yes, we've made it past the pilot episode and tonight we've got myself... Mark Fulton, and my co-host, Mr. Ian Allen. You'll recognise Ian from the first episode. Uh, and we've also got our first guest this evening. Uh, I'm going to just give you a bit of background and then introduce him. But he really needs no introduction. He's a strength athlete and coach. He's an ex-Marine. He was the European Log Press Under-80 champion. Scottish Strongest Man Under-80 kilos. The 2018 WHEA World Champion at Under-80 kilos. The best lifter at the BDFPA Scottish uh, Championships last year. And two-time Eastern District winner in Scottish powerlifting, and unofficially holds the record for the most competitions in a calendar year. It's Mr. Dean McVie. Welcome, Dean. How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. So I've given you quite an extensive introduction there. Um, you know, as I was saying before we came on here, I went through your Instagram today. And I couldn't couldn't list all your actual accolades and achievements as that many. I mean, I thought I had a few, but you've obviously got slightly more than me. So do you want to just give us a wee bit of background on, you know, how you got into sport and just, you know, how you've progressed over the last few years?
1: Aye. Aye, and I appreciate you mentioning all the things on all as well. Um, Started this when I was, 130 now. So I started this 15 years ago. Um, Just started bodybuilding training, really. Um, I'll, I'll open up quite quite deep because again people are listening and that'll probably catch people's attention and that. Um, it was more for like my mental health initially. Um, Sadly, so like like my mum committed suicide and like I never had a father. My brother passed away and um, at that young age, Mark um, Brigham was a wee bit difficult, we'll say, um, mentally for me. And the the thing that helped me. And well, certainly, we call it a deterrent. Anyway, was exercising. Um, and I just sort of just went in that direction, of, like bodybuilding training. But it was like proper, like in a bodybuilding gym and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was the best thing I could have ever done at that age, because I could have went a different route. Um, possibly, I could have ended up somewhere possibly um, in the wrong way. Um, but I that's it uh, that was the start. Of it. Um, then sort of eventually after I left the Royal Marines. Uh end up actually doing competitive bodybuilding rounds. i saying I'm doing bodybuilding. It's a wee bit of difference, <laughs> we'll say, and um, the diet and all that kind of stuff. And um, done about five shows. Go to the BMBF British in Liverpool. That was fun. And um, got my ass handed to me and just showed me like how high the standard was. It was good. And um, done some with the UK UK DFBA. If I said that right. Done it with them as well. That was good. Um. And just sort of slowly just converted into strong land and powerlifting.
0: So you never really did any, you know, most people uh, at our club tend to play a competitive sport initially. You were never really, did you play football or uh, rugby or anything like that? Being an East Coast boy, you must have played some rugby, no?
1: I I didn't need anything, mate. I I just stuck to... I was actually about 14 year old when I actually did start, but I don't know, I'll cap it at 15, because I started taking it serious, I was six months and I was sort of just pissing about, like, I was a 14 year old in a gym, which I probably shouldn't have been in anyway, but um, I was just dicking about, but I just found a love for it, eh? I just realised, I did not know, what's good about this, like, bodybuilding, strongman and powerlifting, it's very independent, it's very cut and dry, you don't have to rely on anyone, you know, everyone, you don't have to worry about people turning up because like you just have to turn up and do it. You've only got yourself to blame if you didn't. And that's why I just realise it. like I'm going down this route and um, I'm not going to regret it, we'll say. Um, I like basketball, but I don't have the height and uh, fuck <laughs> I fucked <also don't> <laughs> well, that. Exactly. I mean.
0: He's about five feet seven. <laughs>
1: 5-6 <laughs> on a good day mate. <laughs> I'm not met as well. I've got a P one warning about that. Apologise.
0: You've, you've always sworn once. Um, so once you did the bodybuilding, you did what four or five shows. You said so. Was it? Was it from there? You kind of switched to powerlifting. Did you? Did you change gym or was it? Uh, um... at,
1: at that, at that age, because obviously I was just I was at Gracemont Bodybuilding Gym. Then I was, when I was seven in the Royal Marines, I, I was up at four, five commando on our bro. I was training in there, and then I've just gone, I worked, I trained mainly in a pure gym as well, to be fair, um, and that's actually where I work at the moment, um, I've not got a biased opinion on it, I work in a commercial gym, so good for me, um, but I just pepper them back and forth, it wasn't too specific, because it was just bodybuilding training, I didn't need, like, farmer's handles, and log press, and you know, I didn't need, like, a powerlifting rack, and you know, the, kind of, kind of, kind of. The, the the nice stuff, uh and strong man, I didn't need dinner. It. it was just like I need a barbell, yeah.
0: some dumbbells and some kit. Uh, but aye. So then you went you went to the Marines then? Was aye. And in the Marines?
1: Aye, that was good. Uh, just served up at just at one unit at four or five. Um that was good. Uh, met some of the best lads ever. Um, had some good times, had some bad times, been to some cool places. It was good experience. I learnt a lot about myself, uh, and I, you, you love, you love that forever as well. That lad as well. So, and then your Green Beret will say.
0: And I get again, it's something you've always, you're very proud of that fact, and you know certainly at competitions, and when you've won competitions, you're always very keen to showcase that, aren't
1: you? I always just stick on because it probably saved my life joining the Royal Marines. You know, what I mean, I, God knows, as I like even though I was exercising that kind of stuff in the my... My mental state, will say. I still, I still could have went down that wrong path with other friends that are now in jail. will say, you know, what I mean. So I got away from that by that was an escape, because um, I went, I went to Devon. That's like the last end of England.
0: Um, Can you get much further? So, Can you?
1: No, nah, nah, you can't. really. Probably Penzance, just right the bottom. Never been there.
0: <laughs> so just moving on, sort of to your uh, when you moved into powerlifting and strongman. Which one, which one came first? Was it um, thought, was it powerlifting? Was i don't done a wee powerlifting
1: conference in the Royal Marines, yeah. but I, I'm not, I'll just chuck that one to the side, because it was, it was a bit like, yeah. I just yeah. winged it, I didn't it have a clue when I was there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> eh? Yeah. Didn't you win then? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it on my bench.
1: Right, I'll, I'll tell it anyway, right, I, I went doing it because I, I, I competed along with the Royal Navy Powerlifting Association, and um, drove all the way from Edinburgh down to Portsmouth, which is very south again, um I had no idea what I was doing. I was strong enough to chuck, chuck enough tin about, but I ended up doing the wrong commands on the bench, bombed out of my bench, my squat wasn't on earth, all this kind of stuff, and I just had a really bad experience, eh? so I bombed out of my very first conference. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> look at your head. Uh,
1: it's all right now.
0: But well, I didn't deal with it too well in the beginning. <laughs> but so when did you kind of start to to take it a bit more? Because I mean, let's be honest, you're a pretty serious trainer. You know, like anyone that doesn't know Dean McVie, you can you know, I'm sure you'll give him a shit out at the end. But you can follow him on Instagram, and he's, what I, what I really admire about you Dean, is your intensity. You know, there is no there's no really off switch when you're training. It's 100% intensity uh, all the time. And you, it's you, all you, in, mate. You're training you know, at <laughs> a different level. It's a different level, and you've 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 reaped the rewards of that in terms of your your accolades, but when was it you sort of? Mm-hmm. When did that you know switch? If you like, when did that flick and you started to really think, right, like, strong man I can be, you know? Because you're, I mean, you're a similar weight to me. We obviously compete in the same category. We're not we're not big guys, if you like. So to, I, to the lay the lay person, you walking down the street, okay, you're a bit more built than me, but um, you know they might not say you're. A, they wouldn't look at you potentially as a strong man to be to be honest. If that's. Uh-huh. No,
1: no, I totally, I totally agree. It's um, the the moment I realised I was going to do strongman because it was sort of strongman that I was looking at Ryan and Parlafton, but I knew it was always going to come across in the path eventually. As yeah. um, I was actually walking off stage on the last bodybuilding show and I got third place, um and it was only the first and second that I got the British, and that was, and that that was the second year in a row that I got third with that federation. And I just went, screw it, I'm doing strongman now. Because I already had it in my, it was already in my mind when I was on stage. I went, when I walk off the stage, I then not go to the British. That's it. Because I'm, you know, we, we, the good thing about powerlifting and strongman is it's numbers. It's like, you shift mayor or they may reps, you win. You're not going off someone's opinion to win. You know what I mean?
0: God. And I'm
1: not giving a negative chat about bodybuilding, because it is one of the hardest sports in the world you'll ever do, definitely mentally. But... I just went, I need, to, I need to convert to something else because the diet was, uh, let's say, I didn't enjoy it.
0: So, did you, then, did you then, so you, you said you trained at a commercial gym? Did you, you know, because a lot of people, or most of the people that listen to this will know a wee bit, but do you, did you then go to a kind of strongman specific gym or?
1: Aye, and um, so uh, eventually it's actually, it actually burned down, like it's burnt out now, like it's collapsed, like this gym, it was um, in Drem. Um it was called No Limits and it was run by a person, uh, Mary Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah. I um it was she like half-owned it and Kenny Sim half owned it and um and nearly sort of like clashed it together, but eventually it just like I don't know what happened, but it actually lit up on fire. So we stopped training there. Which <laughs> <This> was a <laughs> nightmare. Um and I started going to hostile strength conditioning, yeah. uh, Motherwell, which I still go to now. And I just did the, the the training splits usually just pull, push and events. Uh, people push lives and events, whatever. Um, But I'm obviously with Shane now, Jermaine, uh, MST Systems, so it's a bit different. But I I've done, I've done like 90% of my work in a commercial gym easily, yeah. and it's achievable. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because you tend to do what? Is it one event session a week? Is that is that right? I, that yeah, that's all you need.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it really really breaks you down a lot.
0: So I mean, one of the things I I was always keen to ask you because I mean, you've 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 Chin me a few times in the past. I heard you say in a previous uh-huh. podcast about our sort of bantry relationship, if you call it that. Uh huh. Um, you've always been into a strongman competition, you know. There's quite a lot of crossover, would you say, between the two sports then?
1: Oh, they both work brilliantly with each other. Um, you know, it's strongman's very three dimensional, we'll say. You know, there's a lot to do to with You know, there's so many events like, going right. on and on and on. A bit of events but with powerlifting it's like it's mere static but you're building strength and deadlift is always in a strongman comp. Uh, squats and is common but it can appear now and then in bench I <laughs> But bench benching, bench I've, I've seen it I've never seen it, I've seen it like back in like the 90s or not but it's just one of them now but it still follows over into strongman and just like doing strongman it will help with powerlifting so in a, in a nutshell they both help
0: yeah, and I did, I did uh, hear something the other day that said that there's not a lot of rules in a strongman competition, except that you can't pull sumo.
1: Is that right? That's it. That's it. Pretty much. Sometimes you can't, like, you can do things called double dipping and all that kind of stuff. Um, like, nah, belt I mean, clean, sometimes on the allowed.
0: What's that? Is that a real deadlifting? What's that? Uh, double double uh, dip? Sumo? Uh, no, no. Oh, no. no double, double weapons like on, biking or on
1: over oh, a biking festival oh yeah yeah it's oh, not and it? all that kind of hitching, stuff you hitching, know, like, hitching you did a couple uh, of things yeah, you could hitch a, you could hitch a <laughs> shout at a bar oh sorry
0: language um, <laughs> that's you not bad do what you that's want aye <laughs> uh, so in terms of um, you know support for you you talked a little bit there about you you, you got into different sports and is there any particular people that have kind of you know, guided you? I mean, you said you've got a coach at the moment, but up until that point, has it kind of been much, kind of guiding yourself or have you had external mentors that have supported you, would you say?
1: I've sort of, I'm not going to lie, I've sort of rolled it on my own, majority of it, but um, Ryan Reid, who's like one of the strongest guys in Scotland right now, like open class, he got me in it and I'm still grateful to that day that he got me into it. He's one of the strongest guys I've ever met. Um, I actually had a, a tiny wee bit of training for Delroy McQueen, which was quite cool as well, um, who's a very very decorated powerlifter. And then eventually, I just went over to change your main um, MST systems. Um, and I just, I wanted to be a better coach myself. So why would I not just get trained by one of the best coaches in the UK? And the amount I've learnt from, like, and it's a lot of graft as well for him because he doesn't mess around. But I knew, I knew that was what I wanted. Um, I'm sure I've seen him compete. It was like a collage video on Instagram or something, and he just looked mental all his lips. And it was a parallel thing. I says, "I oh, want to do that." And there's like, his "Coaching link was there," and I was like, "Screw it, let's just do it, ride the wave." That was
0: that? I think I think you bring up a very valid point there because I mean, I, I was I was kind of asked that question as well. I mean, I I, I was kind of self-guided for the first three three or four years that I competed. Um, but mm-hmm. I felt, in my view, I felt i reached a plateau and, you know, I, I felt I needed different a different um, set of eyes to look at different things. Um, right. I wanted to learn more, so it was, you know, a no-brainer. And then I think quite a lot of people always think that, why does a coach need a coach? Almost. But it is yeah, that. So, it's, yeah. it's the ego yeah. that gets in the way, mate. It's always the ego. People think they can
1: better, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, son. Sounds- you're not to, you're not going to potentially develop any better than you could have. So as what as
0: as what it is. <laughs> is, what it is. Um, and in terms of you know, I listed off a lot of achievements there that you've managed, Dean. So what what would you put up there as your kind of top three? Top three?
1: Yeah. Um, winning the WHA Worlds. Um, so that's part of the BNSF British Natural Strongman Federation. Today Scottish and the day of British, and then you go to Finland for the worlds. Um so this is my second shot at it, um, because I'd done it the year before and got third. Um and then I came back, had a game plan, won it. Um what else? Uh, probably probably Scotland's strongest man under 80s would be the second one. And getting like because I'm I got second in Europe's strongest man last year, and second again the year before because that's when we were competing at the world to each other
0: oh, we, may we, that. we may talk about that, that we, we could
1: talk about it if you want <laughs> but um, aye but uh, I competed in World's Strongest Man last year in Daytona Beach in America and I was the first Scottish guy under the 80s to ever compete in it so that was a that was quite a big one but that's a that's a big boys federation oh aye <laughs> no I mean
0: Is that
1: went yeah. alongside the main competition deal right so th- there's, that, that's the official Strongman Games so Right. Obviously, okay. you see it. You see it at Christmas. You see all the opening yeah. guys like Eddie Hall and Brian Shawna. They're the opens guys. But then you've got the official strongman games as well, which is like yeah. for the opens. Luke Richardson was actually competing in it. Yeah, yeah. What the No, he won it. Um, he's an animal. But that that can be like a. I'm sure that can qualify you. Whoever wins that. But um, the the official strongman games worlds. There's under 80s, under 90s, 105s, and opens. So, so I was in the under-80s, and you've obviously got your women's um, categories as well. So just to get to there, you, you can, you're, you're, um, you're pulling your weight when you get to that yeah. sort of level as well. Cause, but it's mental how strong these individuals yeah. are. Also. It's crazy. Is, that the pinnacle, is
2: that the pinnacle of your, your yeah. level yeah. or
1: is it higher? Yeah, that's that. That's the highest you can physically get
0: maybe we <laughs> get a top guest on the Paisley Barbell Podcast. That's why we got you on first. <laughs> um, oh, that's a pleasure. <laughs> we discussed this before before we started, and I think it's probably a natural question. We're, well, excuse the pun there, if I'm being honest. But you know, you're a strong man, and as I've said, you're an under eighty kilo. And some people that might might be aware a strong man. will have seen um, you know some of the heavier guys, and maybe question you know how can you compete with these kind of guys. So you obviously are a Compete in a tested organisation, which again uh-huh. you maybe don't know about it, it means that, that Dean, much like the rest of us in, in Paisley Barbell, will be will be drug tested at our competitions. I mean, have you ever? And again, we have we have discussed this, but have you ever, you know, given serious thought to to maybe switching over? Because you're saying you're uh-huh. the pinnacle of the uh-huh. natural.
1: Um, one thing I'll always do is be honest, and I'll never mislead anyone, because I think that's just wrong for a start. But everything I've done. Um, to this moment, like what we've discussed, I've done it natural. I've never touched a thing in my life, and I will give you my word with that. But there is going to be an inevitable point, probably in the short, um, the short future, that I will transition over to that because I've hit this, I've hit my, my limit. We'll say you know what I mean. And I've achieved enough, when I'm satisfactory. Because I always say to myself, when I hit 30, I will potentially move over to. Uh, performance and drugs, but I'm very open about it, so I don't mind talking about.
0: <laughs> and I think you know, it's come up a few times in <laughs> things I've listened to. But to me, that's one of the things that I um, I like about powerlifting. You know, mm-hmm. like I've got I've got a, an old work colleague who was a he was a 400 meter hurdler. So often there'll just be another story, another story, another story about um, somebody from an Olympics or a World Championships or a Comi Games who was denied a medal because somebody failed a drugs test. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like powerlifting and strongman and um, bodybuilding, I suppose, is the same. You know, there's, there's two very distinct uh, divisions. You know, if you want to compete completely, well, as drug-free as you can with the testing, then you go over there. And if you want to take whatever you want, then you go over there. And that, to me, that's, that's I actually like that fact. You know, I, I'm not saying whether I whether I agree taking drugs, whatever, that's not necessarily the point here. But the fact that there's that ability to do that and it doesn't have that crossover, you know, you and uh, I, you, know, you and I have competed in competitions at various levels, as you said, right up to worlds. And when you've gone to these strongman competitions, you can say that 90, you're 99% certain that everybody you're competing against is on a level playing field from that point of view. Aye, um,
1: the, the, the whole thing is, is like, if I, when I inevitably do transition over. Obviously, I'm not going to compete in the BDFPA because then I'm a cheater. That's it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to compete in any tested competitions because then I'd be a cheater. So what I do is I stay in my lane. If I do go into that lane and I just compete in non-tested competitions, am I a cheater then. No. 15 years, I've earned that, that right to actually take something. You've got these young lads taking it at young ages and, that, and that's yeah. the problem.
0: I mean, it is sort of that, and it, you know, a, without going on a tangent, it's probably one of the reasons I started uh, Paisley Warbell. you know, was mm-hmm. there was a, certainly a few young guys um, that I was aware of around um, Paisley and whatnot that were that were keen to to do things in a hurry, and you know, there was never a sort of suggestion that they would they would necessarily go that route, but you know, I, in the back of my head, I just thought, you know, I'm going to give these guys an outlet, you know, to try and give them something that maybe would, as you said, you know. Steal them down a different path.
1: You're good, you have just been a great coach, aren't? Thanks. <laughs> All right, none <laughs> taken, mate.
2: Um, Dean, Dean, where do you think if you start taking performance-enhancing drugs, where, where's the next level for you? Where, 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 do you think that could take you in terms of where your numbers are at and where your athletes are
1: at? It's. We've got, for example, there's the Arnold's under-80s British qualifier coming up in five weeks um, but then if I qualify for that next March I'd go to Ohio in America yep. and compete at the Arnolds so obviously that's quite long down the line and all that kind of stuff but you've got the under 90s and under 80s coming up and I'm still sorry I'm, I'm sort sorry getting caught up with, I didn't, I'm not really answering this the right way um, how do I explain this if I get on it I'll I reckon my numbers are going to go up, and I pretty much I just want to climb the ranks to the worlds, and potentially win Europe's Strongest Man under 80s. But it was like there's so many lads like gunning it for that. But um, you know, like I think it's like the GPC. You know, if yep. I think that's non-tested. I'd end up going over there if I ever done powerlifting, um, if it's non-tested or whatever non-tested powerlifting comps Um But I mean, it's just I'm not going to lie, mate. I've sort of hit my limit, <laughs> like in achievements and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. blowing smoke at Marsh because I don't know what it's like that. but there's only a few more things to tick off me you know what I mean and, and the fact that I'm 30 I know, you know I'm not 21 I don't know what his Marsh is like Do you, know you see it as a new challenge?
2: Like, so <laughs> when you started year. out <laughs> <laughs> when, when you started Dean obviously you were I don't want to say you were at the bottom because obviously you're a naturally strong guy but do you see this as a, like, a new start as, in, as if you were starting again when you were 15 years old?
1: If I think uh, I'm if if uh, an yeah. already halfway up the ladder anyway In, in the competitive world Because um, okay. I, 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 I was half a point of winning Europe's strongest man Under 80s You know, you can't get any closer to that Really, uh, barring count back and strong man um, And these things happen That was, that was the, the year I competed along with Mark At the, w, uh, the WNSF in Glasgow um, felt a wee bit beat up that day, like, but because um, I was like deadlifting a motorbike and that like the day before. Then I had to go and try and hit a one rep max on a deadlift. Um, so you,
2: so you think as a natural you can compete with the drug tested guys even now?
1: Aye, oh, aye. Oh, I beat plenty of guys that have been on gear. Oh, aye. But plenty. It's achievable. So,
2: aye, definitely. I think so. How would you explain to the younger guys thinking they need to jump on it now to
1: compete with the best? they didn't they just have to be patient. They have mm. to eat well. They have to train well. They have to rest. Don't need anything daft, because you'll probably regret it. You know, I've done this for 15 years, and you know, I've I've done enough to to back up that you can do stuff natty, as they say. Um, you didn't need performance-enhancing drugs. You know, maybe when you start getting a wee bit older, like like apparently they say that your testosterone starts dropping in and around where my age is now. See, so, so this is why I'm doing it. I want to just keep keep my, my game going, keep that level going, but aye you you didn't need drugs to get to world level standard. Nah. Not at all. You just need to graft.
2: <laughs> so so how so I wanna go on to a lesson athlete of yours, Dean, that I I've seen on Instagram. The four hundred kilo yoke walk. Explain to me, that, tell me a wee bit about that story, because obviously it was absolutely amazing. You were buzzing about it, and then the next day it took a wee bit of your thumb to the bus.
1: Aye, so pretty much. I, I always wanted to do a 400 kilo yoke, and I was hitting a peak anyway in my training. I went, screw it, I wanted to do a phones a kilo yoke walk for 10 metres. Um, if there's any strongman people listening, uh, I've done that at about 83 kilo in body weight, so...
0: I didn't what, what the world
1: record. I again what the world record does, all that kind of stuff. Cause it's a bit funny with like yokes and all that kind of stuff and farmers and that. But it was, it's up there. <laughs> but uh, so just something happened to my back. Um, later on that day, I ended up going out, getting on the piss from my mates, went back to my mates, got steaming, kind of just, just a, just a night out. And then my back just started seizing up, and uh, I started. I genuinely thought i had like scoliosis or something, like my back. I was like, my whole hips tilted to one side, um, and I started tightening up on my hips and that, and I, I had to go to hospital eh, that morning, or that yep. night, that morning, slash, um, oh, that <laughs> was, was, uh, was worth it.
2: How, how much do you <laughs> take yourself up for that? Because obviously when I see you lifting, you are the most hyped like, guy I've ever seen. You, you, you say it's crazy time. What goes on your I, head when you're getting set up for a big lift like that?
1: Uh, everything has to be in alignment, mate. So I have to eat right. I have to have a good sleep the night before. I have to have the right kit on. I have to to be caffeinated, definitely. There's a big one, caffeine. Um, I need to be hydrated. I need to warm up properly coming into it. Uh, Music's a big one. I'm sure I was listening to music for like 300, the the film, the Spartan film. All these things have to be in alignment for me to do something like that. Um, to do that sort of feat of strength, we'll say, and a work ammonia. And then I just block out everything, eh? Like my eyes, I feel like my eyes will go black just right before it, eh? And I'm not listening to anything and I'm just focused on exactly what I'm doing, eh? But um, I do go to a wee bit of a dark place. Sometimes I use a wee bit of negative thoughts and energy eh, from my past. Um, I actually think about my dead mum sometimes. Right. It's something that I didn't really share, but I'm quite happy with it. But I didn't do that all the time because it can be quite toxic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I only date and be burst when it's necessary, and it just gives me that slight little, slight little kick, and I, I slap my legs as well. I slap my chest and that, and that hikes me up a wee bit of pain, um, just a wee bit of a sensation. It'll wake me up a wee bit more. On top of the ammonia, the caffeine, and that's where uh, the magic happens usually. And then so you go in the hospital. The-
2: <laughs> does self-doubt ever creep into your head? Because obviously a lot. of Newbie power lifters and even some experienced power when it gets to that the lift, they start doubting themselves. Sometimes, what have you? Do you ever have that
1: at all? Uh I i now and then. It's coming. It's becoming less now because my training's being. I'm peeking into it better. I should. You know, if you're doubting yourself, you've not. You've not trained like maybe. Uh, nah, that sounds quite. A Sorry, pardon me. Uh, my my language. You. And initially, when I started, I was always nervous. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. But the mayor comp today, Marco Ken and all, you get me confident. He says, right, I can do that number. I can do that number. And it's always on that third left. On when you're on the platform, you might be like, oh, like you know, being nervous is all right, but you just do to not be too nervous because nerves is good. I sort of just went on a tangent there. But I didn't really answer that properly. Sorry, <laughs> sorry.
2: So is a level. So is it always you versus you, or do you ever get wrapped into games with other people? Because obviously you said you've competed with Martin, this will probably go quite nicely into that competition. Do you ever get wrapped in other other people's lifts or um, where they are at?
1: Nah, not really. You know what I mean? I always check in powerlifting, like obviously I check the, the, the board and like where the lifters are and all that kind of stuff, right? Do I need to hit this, I need to hit that? I'm not really looking at the person, I'm merely looking at the number. Um You know, I've been really competitive with Dean Robertson. He's beat me and I've beat him. All this kind of stuff. I'm probably most competitive with him. Like me and Mark have competed. But me and Mark have a wee bit made a jolly and a laugh. But we're still being competitive. But it's a wee bit more intense with me and Dean Robertson, which is good as well. Um, But I'm usually just against myself. I've got a a game plan. But if someone's like slightly crawling ahead of me with numbers, I'll try and beat it
2: even though it might be a bit unplanned, if you know what I mean.
0: Yep. Before I answered so that, Mark, right. <laughs> that's all right. Mark, tell you. us about the story between you two then. It's no, it's no story. It's no story. As Dean, <laughs> Dean's already alluded to, you know, he he competed in a, a strongman competition on the Saturday and he was coming to compete against, not necessarily compete against Meagham, compete in the competition um, at, in Glasgow on the Sunday. And you know <laughs> As he said, you know, we met, I think, the year before at a competition, would that be right, Dean, I think, in Glasgow? It was the uh, Scottish,
1: aren't huh?
0: I think I won that one as well. You did. But, um, <laughs> <He does>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, right, he's done a strongman competition the day before. Um, you know, he's going to be pretty beat up. Let's not do anything silly. You know, my, my plan is very much keep an eye, and it sounds ridiculous, but keep an eye on what he's doing because, I, you know, and this is not a secret either, I knew I could out-deadlift him. So I just mm-hmm. matched him and I just matched them on squat and bench and, uh, you know, I, I, did, I did win. I was fortunate enough or as Dean said, I, I put up the numbers on the day to win, but I'll, I'll tell you right now, the first person and it's on the video that he shook my hand and when I was lifting the final deadlift, he stand there clapping behind me and he shook my hand as soon as I finished and I stepped off the platform. And that's, to me, that's, you know, that's, that's one of the other great things that's really, I really admire about you, Dean, is that you're, you're very, very competitive. But, as I say, you're the first person to congratulate the guy that wins, wins the event.
1: As long as they're all right. I know I almost swore there. But, as long as they're all right. <laughs> and you're signed.
2: <laughs> do, do you think there's an element uh, in perilous and where there's a lot of eagles flying about and it can become a, quite a toxic sort of arena, shall we say?
0: Uh, aye, it
1: can it can get a wee bit toxic. It's you know, there's a lot of personalities um getting getting flung about. Um and it's you know, you've got your good, bad and ugly when you always go to meets half the time as well. You're gonna you're not gonna get along with everyone. Um and you'll definitely get along with people. But um aye, some sometimes people can grind my gears, but I just use it as a wee bit of energy and I'll just bring it onto the laughs. Um well, I'm usually just real approachable and like having a laugh, but there's always someone that'll just bug me. Someone bugged me at the, the BDFA Scottish last December and he kept trying to um, beat my numbers and that. He was a younger lad. He was actually really, he was really sound at the end of that but I think he was trying to get my aid and he did but then I ended up beating him. <laughs>
0: it was a wee bit of
2: there, a, there. Yeah. Is there, a, is there any difference between powerlifting and strongman? What's the, what's the environment change? Because obviously strongman is, is a bit, to me from the outside it looks very, very different.
1: Mate, it, I'm being honest. It's, mere, it's, it's a bit more chilled out, if anything, because um, usually it's a bit more open as well, because um, it's usually like outside and all that kind of stuff. But usually everyone's a bit more. I'd probably say it's a bit more camaraderie in a strongman. Probably people would agree with that as well. Um, but I, I I, so I, I prefer the environment of a strongman competition compared to a powerlifting competition. No, that's bad, anyway. But I just, I, I'm just. Maybe a wee bit a biased opinion, I suppose. Prefer strongman environment. It's a wee bit more social, we'll say. That's do you think that's better? No, oh, you go. You going, go in. Sorry, and you go. So I was going
2: to say. So for for a first timer, a young, a younger guy or a girl, where where do you think that would be the best place to start in strength sport? Would it be strongman, powerlifting, or a bit of both?
1: That's a good question. Um, <laughs> 50-50, mate to be honest, you're going to... I think, I think with powerlifting, it's like when you step on that platform, the light's on you, and it's you, and everyone's watching you, and you've got three, three refs. With a strongman, on the other hand, you've got usually one ref just facing you, um, but you've got obviously every other competitor watching you as well. With we powerlifting, on the other hand, it's usually like the warm-up areas at the background, and know everyone's watching you. you get what I mean? Because there's less competitors in a strongman competition compared to powerlifting. Um that's just the way it is because um, it usually just takes a wee bit longer for the events and all that kind of stuff because if you had like I'm sure like at the Easterns there was like 40 or 50 people if you've done that in a strongman competition or strong women competition it'd go on to about 10 o'clock at night easily. I
0: suppose the only thing maybe is that powerlifting like you said at the start if you're just if you're stepping into a gym for the first time your know, powerlifting is maybe a little bit more accessible 100%. You know, like um, you say, you're in, you're in pure gym and I've, you know, I've seen that lovely picture of you on the wall. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you can do the, the three movements in a, in a commercial gym, whereas, as you said, you need to go to a kind of more specialist type environment to do the, to do the events, I suppose.
1: It's definitely more accessible and easier to get into a powerlifting competition um, rather than compared to a strongman competition, we'll say. Um, strongman's more dangerous as well. Definitely, I've seen male lads get injured in strongman and powerlifting.
0: It, one of the one sort of last the last few questions. One of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, obviously we've we've covered a little bit that you and I have competed against each other and uh, I've done it as individuals, more or less. But what I did notice at the the BDFP Scottish is you brought you brought a team. So I, how did you? First of all, how did you feel about you know leading that team? I suppose would be the right the right phrase and. and did you feel the same um sense of achievement uh watching one of your lifters perform a PB as opposed to you, you know, can kind I of doing it yourself?
1: I was um so I was obviously competing alongside them and what we've done is I, I peaked them up, we've done a nice linear block with all of them built it, and what I've done is uh I, I gave them the their openers and says, right, we can comfortably do that. And then what I want to do is I want you your current PB, which you will get. No doubt, and then I'm going to let you call it. But usually, I'd be floating about saying, How did you feel with that anyway? Yeah. Because I had to stay in the game as well. But I think I was like, I don't know how many it was, it was about, I think I was about eight years. Yeah, but, it was um,
0: quite
1: good group. It, it, yeah. it, 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 it was really, like I was chuffed a bit. So it was more like after that's when we could sort of celebrate and like, Look at what we've done. As I say to them, you know, the, the intensity I bring on my aim training, and I bring that to my clients as well. But even though I'm in, a, I'm in a commercial gym, I do not know almost I don't care about anything else. It's like I'm creating that service for you, and you're gonna you you attract the people with your energy. So I'm gonna bring in the right clients that I want to train like that. And if you come towards me for, as a as a client, you know what you're coming in for. You know, if you want to do like kickbacks and day star jumps and burpees, don't come to me. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And you touched on one of the things that, you know, since creating the club, I've found there's the biggest challenge of trying to compete at the same time. You know, that it was difficult. It
1: was difficult.
0: real was difficulty difficult. To, to have the, the, the focus on, on all parts. And, and, if, and, on, and on reflection, it's probably too difficult. Totally. It's probably too difficult. There
1: was, there, was, there, was, there was a lot of us, and they all wanted to compete. So I says, Sam, there's going to be a lot of us. And I said to them, look, I'm going to monitor you as much as I can, but I need to stay in the game as well. Says, but you've got your numbers, and what was good is there's a couple of lads in different weight categories as well, um, and they could work with each other because everyone knew each other anyway. That was a good thing about it. So, we had that's what that I was going
0: to touch on, you know, a lot of them, I think all of them apart from yourself, maybe was that was the first competition.
1: Bar it excluding two of them, two. all of them were friends.
0: So, to have that sort of, you know, and that again, we talked about this in the first episode about the reason why we created Paisley Barbell was to give people that support support network at the first competition i mean you mentioned yourself you went all that way to to portsmouth and bombed your first competition so having even that person there to give you that wee bit of advice or you know you'd done a lot of clearly done a lot of prep work and much much in the way that i would do it and they lead up to a competition mm-hmm. so i'd have them more or less knowing exactly what the plan was um before they got there but having that support network to really give them that uh, extra push on the day would
1: i totally and everything's you know everything's a placebo as well and it? Like having that on alignment and all that kind of stuff because I made every one of them be hot and cold. I made them do ice baths and everything, get soft tissue massages, all that kind of stuff. And I says I want to make sure you get that ice bath and I want to see a footy all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about it. I say, no, you've got to do it. <laughs> and I've done it. And they says thanks for making me do that. You know what I mean? Because it's all these little things that are building uh, again, up. To
0: you, a what you did touch on there, and I think, you know, we're going on a different tangent about teams and whatnot, but. You're going to lead a team, you know, and again, I, I watched a documentary of this uh, recently and I'm not comparing you to Michael Jordan. But what he did say was, you know, the thing you would say about him is he'd never ask anyone else to do something he wouldn't do himself. Um, totally. You've, you've touched on it a lot, that you're bringing an intensity to not only your lifting, but you're bringing that to your coaching as well. And if somebody's going to work with you, you know, you wear know, you your heart on your sleeve and you're going to get 110% all the time. Aye, just, just like yourself. A bit a bit a bit more laid back than you sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit. Um, no no, thanks. <laughs> thanks for your, thanks for your time tonight, Dean. Um is there any so let's say there's a potential uh, lifter out there in Edinburgh. Um how would they how would they get in contact with yourself if they were keen? on you on Instagram or are they
1: uh, oh, all my, my works through Instagram now, Facebook's a bit dead anyway. I think probably everyone would agree with that, but it's just Dean McVee Strength. Um, that's at M-C-V-I-E, no P-H-E-E, which a lot of people think. I um, just Instagram, DM me, but obviously your boy, Paisley, Barbell, is there as well. <laughs>
0: and it's Ocean Terminal, you're based at Ocean Terminal, aren't
1: you? I'm based at Ocean Terminal, pure jump. Um, and that's it, aye.
0: No, thank you for your time, and um, no doubt, we'll, uh, hopefully I'll get to compete against you before you make the switch.
1: Well, (laughs) that's
0: one thing we've still to do before we finish. I
1: know, mate. I know.